The Trouble with Transformation, a serialized podcast by Alison Wick. Chapter 31, When a Stranger's Called. We decided to call Jim from the payphone in front of the newsagent on Main Street. It was only a few minutes' walk from school, so if we were spotted, we could justify hanging round the shops. The morning traffic in and out of the paper shop was huge, people grabbing snacks and drinks on their way to work or school, filling out their lotto numbers, posting letters. The plan was to disguise ourselves amongst the noise and hope everyone else was too busy to notice two kids using a phone box. You may be wondering, Dad, why we weren't using our own phones. Well, we'd given it a lot of thought. Considering Mr B's remarkably diverse skill set, I was willing to bet phone hacking fell into his repertoire. If he was a spy, he could be tapping us. And if it turned out the government mole wasn't Mr B, then who's to say that person wasn't already listening in on our conversations? It was too risky. Our phones were out. As we arrived at the shops, I gave Danny a nudge. Got the number? He unfolded a slip of paper from his pocket and glanced at me hesitantly. You're sure you're okay to do this? Every nerve fibre in my body was alive, playing a discordant tune. But there was no going back now. I shrugged. Let's just get it over with. He squeezed my hand as we stepped up to the phone pad. Danny lifted the receiver, then punched in the number. He'd volunteered to do the talking, and I was happy for him to do the honours, but that didn't stop me from putting my ear up to the phone and listening in. After about four or five rings, a gruff male voice answered. Hello? Hello, is this Jim? Speaking. Danny hesitated. Um, Jim, we've got a message from Dr. Wilson. There was a slight pause. Go on. Well, I don't exactly know how to tell you this. Just say it. Nothing much surprises me, mate. It's just that Dr. Wilson is dead, Danny blurted. Smooth, I whispered in Danny's ears. Break it to him nice and gentle, why don't you? He covered the receiver and muttered. He asked for it straight. Jim remained silent on the other end. Finally, he said, Well then, that is a sorry state. Terry will be shocked to hear that, I'm sure. He and Dr. Wilson go back a long way. There was another pause and then, how about the machine? Did he make any progress? That moronic machine, is that all anyone cares about? I hissed into Danny's ear. Actually, Danny spoke into the receiver, covering his ear and glaring at me. That's what we're calling about. Dr. Wilson left us a message. He told us all about Ginger's dad, um, Dr. Jones's machine and gave us a clue to help find the blueprints to make it. Well, we found Dr. Jones's notebook with the blueprints, but we can't get the machine to work. What? Jim's voice rose sharply. You built it yourself? We were just trying to help. Give Dr. Jones more options. Next thing, Danny was spilling all the details. Our plan to free Terry, Mr. J's involvement, everything. Ha! Huh. And you've been worried about me telling Mr. J too much. Danny shot me a dirty look and kept on talking, 
He was like someone with gastro who'd spent the whole day holding it in but couldn't keep it clenched any longer. Finally, he arrived at the actual point of our call, that we'd hit the wall in terms of getting the device to work because we were missing critical information. While all this was going on, I'd been keeping my eye on the street outside. I'd half expected Mr Bell to turn up, but when an unfamiliar car pulled in across the road, carrying a very familiar driver, my heart still leapt into my throat. Without thinking, I scooted between Danny's legs and hid behind our bags. As I brushed his calf, Danny leapt aside with a startled cry. He slammed his hand against the perspex wall to keep from toppling over. Geez, gee, he whispered down to me. You scared the living daylights out of me. Mr. Bell, I jerked my head toward the window. Danny looked across the road. Mr. Bell was sitting behind the wheel of a light blue Toyota, reading the paper. Or so it seemed. That proves he's up to something, I said. He never drives that kind of rental. I don't think he saw me, but I know he's seen you. Guess we're not always together. Not always, he said, but he may wonder why I'm carrying two bags. He tapped our backpacks with his foot and my heart sank. As we all know, Mr B is a devil for the detail. A terse voice burst from the receiver. Hello? Are you okay? I heard a kerfuffle. Oh, sorry. Yes, I'm fine. Look, would you mind speaking up a bit? We've got some, uh, technical issues at this end. Fine, mate, if that's the size of it. I gave Danny the thumbs up as he held the phone at hip height so I could hear too. You were saying you thought Terry might have another notebook lying around? Yes, that's right. What do you think? There was a long pause before Jim said, Well, I can honestly say that Terry never mentioned it to me, but that doesn't mean for certain it doesn't exist. What day did you say this thing was on? Saturday, Danny said. My pulse quickened, taking in the reality of our predicament. Three days. Mmm, not much time then. Let me see what I can do. How can I get in contact with you? Danny gave Jim the Janssen's details, explaining he was staying there for the rest of the week. He told him to identify himself with the guards at the factory gate and they would buzz Mr J. The clang of the school bell sounded in the distance. It was time to go. I raised my head just high enough to peer over the lip of my bag. Don't worry, Danny said as he hung up the phone. Mr Bell's gone. Maybe we should make a break for it. Yes, please. It smells like dog pee down here. We burst from the telephone pod, backpacks slung over our shoulders, racing for the school. We'd have to run all the way to make roll call in time. He was different to how I thought he would be, I called over to Danny as we sprinted along. Huh? Danny said a little breathlessly. Yeah, I suppose. He seemed kind of cold, not warm and fuzzy like you'd imagine a tree hugger to be. True. He exhaled the word with a sharp puff. His brow was shiny with sweat. He didn't even seem that bothered by Dr. Wilson's death, you know. Yeah, strange. But he was really quick to talk about the machine. You hadn't even mentioned it, and he asked you about it. And how about Mr. B turning up like that? What's he up to? I don't know. Danny's response was less a word and more a ragged exhale. I tapped him on the shoulder, massaging my ribcage with my spare hand. Can we stop for a sec? All this running's giving me a stitch. Jeez, gee, really? 
My lungs are on fire with all the talking and running you're having me do. He stopped running and leaned forward, pressing his elbows to his knees and sucking in deep gulps of air. Do you want Kat to have to sign a late arrival note? Nope, but I can forge her signature pretty well and I know all her passwords. Then he looked over his shoulder, fixed me with a gimlet eye and said, I can't forge mamas and she's never written an email in her life. If I get a late, she'll ground me, science finals or not. You want to give Terry a shot? Better keep running. Fair enough, I said. I flashed him a wink and picked up the pace. <laughs>